Today's episode of the ButteCast is brought to you by Casa Grande Steakhouse. Sure, you know you cannot beat Casa Grande steaks, chicken, marcella, and sushi, but did you know how much Butte's finest restaurant gives back to the community? Whether it is providing cooked-to-perfection entrees for the American Legion baseball concession stand or feeding the Butte High Bulldogs during their team meals, Casa Grande's is all about the mining city. Dine in and be treated like family. You can also have Casa Grande's handle all your catering needs with style, class, and a taste that cannot be beat. Casa Grande Steakhouse, eat where the locals eat. Casa Grande's is a proud sponsor of the ButteCast. Now, let's get the show started. Welcome to the ButteCast with Bill Foley. It's a podcast about the greatest city in the world, Butte America. Amen. Let's meet the people and characters who make Butte the richest hill on earth. Now, here's my dad, Bill Foley. Today marks the 29th episode of the ButteCast. If you were surprised that it took me that long to get to Bruce Saylor, well, I have a pretty good excuse. Tonight marks the 20th anniversary of an event that changed Bruce's life forever. After the Monday Night Football game on December 2, 2002, Bruce went into work at the Montana Standard, where he was a sports editor. He was working on some small but important stuff. On his way home, he suffered a heart attack. The heart attack hit as Bruce was in his truck, and Bruce's foot hit the accelerator on his big old 1975 Dodge truck. He drove about two blocks before smashing into a pole in the corner of Park and Wyoming streets. That Bruce survived that crash is amazing. That he can walk after that crash might be an even more impressive accomplishment that he owes thanks to a whole lot of people and himself. The engine of the truck busted through the firewall and shattered Bruce's legs. He was missing four inches from his right femur. The pole, though, just might have saved Bruce's life. The theory is that his heart stopped and the impact of the collision restarted it. Since then, Bruce has welcomed grandchildren numbers 2 through 16. He also continues to be one of the best sports writers this state has ever seen. He is a contributor to ButteSports.com, and this year marks his 50th school year covering sports in Montana. All but a few of those years have been in Butte. Now, I've known Bruce since I was in junior high school. He and his father-in-law, the late, great Jim Edgar, are probably the reason I went into journalism in the first place. I saw that they got paid to go to sporting events, and that was impressive to a boy my age. Actually, it's impressive to a guy my age now. Other than my immediate family, there's nobody on the whole planet who has been more important in my life than Bruce. For about 25 years, he was my boss, co-worker, mentor, and more importantly, a really good friend. I'm so glad Bruce is around to mark this anniversary. Can't imagine if we were marking the day any other way. Please keep the suggestions for guests for the ButteCast coming. Drop me a line at full74 at gmail.com. Also, please keep telling your friends about the ButteCast and the fun conversations we're having with the people and characters of the Mining City and a few from beyond. Also, please show others how to download the Apple Podcasts and Spotify apps so they, too, can listen to the ButteCast. Oh, and please check out my columns at ButteCast.com. Now, let's have a conversation with one of the best guys I have ever known, the big boss, Bruce Saylor.
All right, Bruce Saylor, thanks for joining me here in the vault. You've never sat in the vault here never at Metal sat Sports in the vault. Ball. No. This is uh, this is a great place. This uh, this is kind of cool. I feel like closest I felt to being rich yeah. sitting in the vault. This is closest I'll ever get to being rich. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, uh, I wanted to have you on. I was going to have you as one of my first guests on the podcast, but uh, then I thought about the anniversary coming up. You know, and that I remember Dean Allen at University of Montana told you, you you don't just dive right into the heavy stuff of a of an interview. You build up to it. You hit the heavy stuff, and then you fade out. But I figure it's probably best just to start off with his anniversary is coming up because uh, was it 20 years Friday night, Saturday morning? Right. You damn near left us. I did. Yeah. I guess some people said I did for a minute or two. I guess or a second or two. Yeah, that's kind of the theory, isn't it? Yeah. That the poll brought you back to life. Yeah. 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 Well, not really the poll, but the the smashing. The impact. Of yeah, I guess. Yeah. That's yeah. A, but yeah, it's a, what they call it, accidental resuscitation. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so uh, I don't know. If most people probably know by now, but it, but it was uh, in the early morning of the third, right? Yeah. Of the, so the the night of the second. You already got a phone call coming in. Probably what what grandkids would pick up, or oh, it's a text message that. Uh, you go up after watching Monday Night Football. I can't even remember who played. Oh, I don't have any idea. And uh, I'm sure I watched it. But you go up to work in, at the Standard to do some scheduling for the week to, to tell Matt Vince and me and Nicole and everybody what we had to do. Or actually, Nicole wasn't working then, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think she yeah, was. Yeah, because she came back to town when, after you got in the wreck. But, yeah. so, and, and Joe wasn't there either. Anymore. Tiffany. And, Tiffany was there, yeah. yeah. So you go, you do your scheduling, and then on the way home, you drive over and you turn down Wyoming Street, and yeah. then you have a heart attack. Yeah. And well, I, as odd as because I had had that week off. It was Thanksgiving week, and I had a week's vacation then. Oh. So I had been away from the office for a week, and I went in on my night off because I was going to be the only one on sports the next day. And I just wanted to find out from Tiffany was working that night in sports yeah. what I needed to know before I came in the next day. You know, so I was only up, I had been sick all day. I had felt kind of fluish all day. And so I thought I'd uh, better get it done before I went to bed, you know. Yeah. So I went up and to Standard and talked to Tiffany about what was coming up. And there's a st uh, little stack of some, like, meeting notices or tryout notices or something like that. Yeah. And I just typed those up so they'd be there when I got in the next day. It was only about, you know, 15 minutes worth of work at that. Yeah. And uh, Carmen Winslow was there working on uh, news site. And... Uh, I just started feeling too sick to stay. Yeah. You know. And so I told him I'd see him the next day. I'd go home and get some rest. And uh, went out on the loading dock, had my last cigarette. Very last one. My very last cigarette, yeah. Smoked it, got in my uh, truck, drive, driving an old uh, 75 Dodge. Got in my truck and. Uh, That's a big, big, big old 75 yeah, Dodge, yeah. 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 Big one, headed home. He said, turn down Wyoming Street. And it seems to me, I might be wrong now, that kind of fades as the years go by, but there was a stoplight there on Granite and Wyoming. Is that the same, right? I yeah, and there was, was one there, and there was one on uh, on Broadway. On Broadway, too. too. Yeah. yeah, there was two stops on there. Yeah. So I stopped for the red light. You know, was yeah. there a light? Yeah. Yeah. And I just felt very nauseous, very nauseous. I thought I was going to, you know, you know, throw up right there in the truck. Right. Yeah. Stopped at this light, and I kept thinking, I tell myself, as soon as this thing turns green, I'm pulling over. Mm -hmm. 
you know, holding it back and holding it. Last thing I remember. Really? Next thing I knew, um, I can, memory's really jumbled about what went on after yeah. that, you know, but the first consciousness that I realized is, uh, um, I think, there's a couple things here, but I think they're out of order, but um, it's laying on a gurney in the middle of Wyoming Street. Oh, you remember that? Huh? And there's snow, it's snowing out, but barely, and I'm on a gurney in my underwear. Wow. And not feeling any, yeah. any cold or anything like that. And Mike McGree standing over me from A1 Ambulance. And I said, Mike, what happened? And he just kind of gave that nervous chuckle, you know, and said, Bruce, old buddy, you wrapped your truck around a telephone pole. <laughs> and I remember another odd thing that I remember from that moment too, though, is that there was a young man sitting in the truck with me after I had wrecked it. And that's a really fuzzy thing. Really? So, But there was a young man, I think he was there. Yeah. You know, I think he was there. But he was sitting in the truck. All right, you would say thank you. Yeah, anything else? No, thank you. That looks great, thanks. And he asked me, he says, are you, you know, he said, are you okay? And I, you know, I don't know what I answered or if I did answer. I wasn't feeling anything at that point. Yeah. I, I don't remember feeling any pain at that point. He says, are you okay? And he, I, I said, and he said, I'm going to sit here. You stay awake. And he said, stay awake. He's saying things like that to me. Yeah. And he said, have you been partying? And I had to think because yeah, why I'm sort of like wrapped around a telephone pole. Yeah. You know, if that's what I was. I knew I was in some kind of... If they would, if they would yeah. ask me or Vinny back in the days, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't even ask the question yeah. then. It was us, but it was you, so and when I, I had left the office, it was like 20 after 12 or yeah. something like that. So this is happened about 12. This is about 12:30 when all this is going on, and uh, this young man is sitting there. And uh, I never saw him again after that night. I never, that I know of, you know. But um, so you know, if you believe in angels, maybe that was one of them. Yeah, could have been. And uh, but. Um, he did leave a message on our uh, house phone at the time, a few days after, wanting to know what happened to me because oh, really? he didn't know what happened or something like that. And somehow the message got erased, so I was never able to return the call and thank yeah. him and all that. So if he's out there somewhere listening to this, I'm great, you know. Yeah. But um, what a scene to climb into because you were slumped. You slumped over to the side, yeah, to your left side. Which if you just didn't, you would have been dead, right? Because the steering wheel was embedded in the seat behind you. Yeah, which kind of caught some of your right ribs and brought yeah. it with them, and then the the engine came right through the firewall, and it was in my lap. Basically, just smashed your smashed your legs. Yeah, yeah, and then they were telling me that uh, the that truck had uh, just a seat belt in it. it; didn't have a harness, body harness, a shoulder harness. It was just a lap belt, and it said it the 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 lap belt allowed for my body would be thrust into the steering wheel, which has restarted the heart. Really? So that's the accidental resuscitation. If yeah. I had just had the harness on, that might not have happened. Did anyone ever tell you how fast they thought you might have been going? Because you probably put your foot on the pedal. That's what they think two, is that my fly, Two blocks. My leg went stiff on the accelerator. and went Was it blocks. an automatic? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So you could have been really flying. Could have been, yeah. Two blocks, hit the pedal. It's on yeah. the... The, the poles on the corner of Wyoming and, uh, it's, it's, and Park. Yeah, it's been, I pointed out to my daughter this morning on the way to school. Uh, it's a little bent still because of Bruce. I think they've worked on it a little bit and gotten a little. Uh, well, it made the. Uh, didn't it? Wasn't it one of the posters for "Don't Come Knocking"? It was, yeah. yeah so, so the guy's leaning up against. Yeah. Him, yeah. <laughs> Which <laughs> probably wouldn't have picked it if it wasn't for uh, so damaged. You know, you know, I go. I tell people that's my pole too. There's a, 
there was a time that I told people that when I was uh, before I could walk again. I said when I get to walking again, I'm gonna go up there some night and urinate on the thing. But, you know, <laughs> well, you signed it. Didn't you, a year later, did you sign with yeah. a sharpie or something? Yeah, I did. Well, yeah. that night, uh, well, some of the pressmen just got off work because yeah. so it was you know press starts at twelve. 12, uh, 30 then. Yeah. You know, that was before they started making it earlier and earlier on it, which would have, good thing that you stopped smoking before they started moving the deadlines up on us. Oh, yeah. But, uh, and uh, Kenny Berryman was one of the guys there, you know, the late Kenny yeah. Berryman, one of the great guys. Yeah. And he, he said that uh, he stopped and saw your truck, noticed your truck, and some other guys did. And so it was a little after 2 a.m. And uh, they, they asked him if, Does, is Bruce an alcoholic or something, you know? And Kenny says, He's a workaholic, but he's not an alcoholic. <laughs> so, and then, uh, but you were, the extent of these injuries, though, I mean, that you're walking still amazes me because you, you, you were missing four inches of femur bone. Yeah. It was just gone. Yeah. Because your legs were shattered. Yeah. And then Dr. Gallagher, that's what we, the best way I can compare it to people is, is Humpty Dumpty. Yep, he put me back together again. Yeah. You know, trust him with anything. Yeah, and Dr. Gallagher, yeah, you does that great surgery, puts you back together again. Of course, we'll get into that a little bit, but my first memory of it, Bruce, was that, that morning of the, the third, Barbara LeBeau, you know, one of the best reporters the Standard ever had. Yeah. She was terrific, but she's, uh, she's no longer a reporter, which I still give her grief about that for leaving. She went to the PR side, yeah. kind of the public, or the government work, you yeah. know. But she's, uh, she calls me up and says, Bruce had a heart attack driving home last night. He wrecked his truck, and he's got two broken legs. So I was thinking, you know, you got a couple fractures. What's good? Because that was the week, 2002. It was December 2002. We were just about to start the first really, really busy weekend at, at the Standard that I worked there mm -hmm. because the girls were playing basketball in the fall, in the winter. The very first weekend. First yeah. weekend of it. Yep. So we had the Three Forks tournament. You know, there, there, there a ton of them. There was a bunch of tournaments. Yep. We had all this work to do. We had the Mining City Duels. Yep. We had the, which the Duels, that were a little early that year. But then Whitehall Duels, mm -hmm. I think they were that week. They could have been the weekend after, but that's way I, that's my memory. Yeah. But I remember, but the first thought I thought was, not only did I think, I said, Bruce, well, said to myself, luckily I didn't say it out loud to anybody. Well, he can work in a wheelchair. He can type resume yeah. in a wheelchair. And, and, uh, and, and my, but not only did I think that you could, I thought that you would. Because <laughs> if you could have, you would have. Yeah. But then I go down to the hospital. I, I remember Jerry O'Brien gives me this, uh, a credit card from Standard to run down to the, the old KOA uh, to get some chicken. Because your family had taken over the emergency or the intensive care unit waiting room so much they gave them their own room I think mm -hmm. you know and uh, so I brought up a bunch of chicken and I went in to, to see you and I couldn't believe it you, you had a tube down your throat you know and they told me the extent of it because they gave you like was it less than 5% chance to survive the night 15 I think is what 15. it is somebody told me one, uh, one of the nurses you know said she heard it was 18 but I can't imagine 18, that just seems like an odd number. You, know? you don't so, estimate 18. Yeah. You yeah, don't say there's a 32% you know, chance so of I'd, rain. You know? know, I'd give it 20 maybe, you know. Maybe 20 is probably a better number. But, yeah. <laughs> but still, that's, that's defying the odds. That's just that's just to survive. Yeah. That's not not to survive and walk. You know, that's just to, you know, I don't think anyone expects you to walk again mm -hmm. at that moment, you know. And uh, so you were there. How long were you in the hospital? 37 days. Yeah, and intensive, you were in intensive care for? 
two weeks, I yeah. think. Yeah, mm-hmm. and how long did you have the tube down? So, oh, boy, I don't remember. It wasn't, it was a few days, you know. I it was probably at least five days. Probably, yeah. But I mean, that first yeah. week I have no really much recollection except that being viewed what it is, there's just an endless stream of people oh, coming so in and people. saying hi and trying to cheer me up. Well, the phone calls, family, the phone know. call messages that you got, which I, you know, we, we tried to document every one of them, but they just, there's so many calls mm-hmm. that people came in, which is people you hadn't heard from in 30 years, you know, mm-hmm. and, and people call, I remember Chris Mowat calling and saying, Bruce, he says, uh, did I understand you're having an accident? He says, um, and knowing you, I know you're going to be checking your voicemail, so I thought I'd leave you this to <laughs> tell you, you know, wish you, you know, and he didn't know quite the extent of it sure. yet either. And that's how everyone kind of, who knew you, thought. He was in a bad wreck about that time too, wasn't he? I think Chris. Yeah, as a coach, yeah. they got in the wreck. Up on Lookout Pass or something like that, if yeah, I remember right. Yeah, it was a pretty bad one. Yeah, and yeah, he got hurt pretty good, you know, nothing to the extent that you did, but it was... Uh, when I was talking about the young man uh, left me the voicemail and was sat with me in the truck, I, uh, one of the people at the scene told me later, I think it was one of the police officers, Tim Tracy, I think maybe, uh, said that uh, he was there. There was a young man there when they arrived on the scene. And he told the story that he had been visiting his girlfriend who lived in one of the apartments up above uh, Park Street, you know. Okay. Uh, kind of where, uh, um, I can't remember, the little sandwich shop, gas station there building there I think oh, somewhere yeah. in that area and he uh, had uh, been walking home he lives at another apartment uptown had been walking over and he came upon he saw the wreck he saw it happen yeah. and he didn't have a phone or anything but he flagged down a woman that had a bunch of kids in a car yeah. and convinced her to let him use her phone to call 911 really <laughs> yeah because cell phones not everyone has one now but yeah 20 years ago no, you know, not not quite a growing. No, so I mean, that's how lucky. Yeah, everything was. You know how how fortunate it was that you kind of. Well, there's lots of things we were talking the other day. Like you were watching the game down in your basement. Yeah. If it had happened then, we wouldn't have heard from you. You know, if you if you stayed at work, Carmen leaves. You know, you stay at work. You yeah. You know, Johnny Street might have found you. Oh yeah, certain a lot of times. If I was Johnny was working, yeah. 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 So, uh, and now you. <laughs> Yeah, that's it's 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 hard to think about stuff like that sometimes. Though it's just uh, as fortunate as you were to hit a hit a telephone pole going sixty to eighty miles an hour or whatever you were. <laughs> yeah. You know that uh, it actually was good things. And of course, and I always like to point out that Benny MacArthur stomped on your glasses on the street too. They, the glasses survived the wreck, but they didn't survive uh, Officer Ben MacArthur's foot stepping on him. Yeah, he, he feels bad about well, that. Well, he felt. Still. He probably does. Yeah, he was still, when he came into the hospital. To, Give me my crumpled up glasses. It was a, that should be a movie scene, actually. Yeah. You know, because it was. Yeah, oh, he visited you with the man. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Came out to check with me. But yeah, that was the last thing you were worried about. That is yeah. the time. His glasses. That wasn't going anywhere anyway. So. Yeah. And then so that when did Gallagher do the surgery? Because it wasn't the first night, was it? Because you. Were, he did some the first night. Did yeah. He? yeah, he told me that he he was up there. He called in like. A, Two in the morning or something like that. Yeah. Did they have to do heart surgery that night too? No, they, there was never any heart surgery. I didn't have really? anything done to the heart. Really? Yeah. But it was all a lot of the. I think overall there were something like 19 repairs made. Yeah. Orthopedic and then also Dr. Gould did some work on my uh, intestines and stuff because they, my liver and stuff like that got damaged when I hit yeah. the steering. When your lungs were punctured too. My lungs, yeah. Rib. Broken rib punctured along. Yeah. Yeah. Broke all but three of my ribs. 
all but three. <laughs> and that was the most painful of the bunch, I, the I, broken ribs. I, I had one broken rib, and, I, and it, it was the worst, worst three months of my life. I can't imagine having all but three broken. And I had all these people coming and visiting that whole time I was in the hospital. All these people coming and visiting, and they all wanted to cheer me up. So they were telling me jokes and telling me stories and making me laugh, and and the ribs were killing me. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Now it's funny. Well, then I was like, yeah. you know, laughing and uh, and coughing were the about the worst. Sneezing, those are the worst yeah. things you can do with broken ribs. I think. Yeah, and I think that the the, the thing that. It says a bunch about you is, is my favorite story about the whole thing is when you get the tube taken out of your throat. If you turn to your son, Matt, say, my Heisman ballot <laughs> is on my desk here. Go get my Heisman ballot. That's due Monday this year, too. i got to get that. Yeah, because you, you, you hadn't been a Heisman voter for very long, were you? It was a couple of years. Yeah. yeah, and it was something, if you didn't vote, you figured they'd just drop you. Yeah. And you're like, i got to get that in. <laughs> That's what you were worried about. Who, I can't remember who won the Heisman that year. Josh Heupel, I think. Did, is that right? Did you vote? Was it somebody you voted for? It was somebody I voted for. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, uh, you've been a Heisman voter for yeah over twenty years now, obviously. But yeah, that was uh, that was the one of the first things that <laughs> that you worried about. And then another thing is your your daughter writes a great story. A guest call Emily. Emily, yeah. leave lights on for dad. I think is what the headline was. It was her birthday. Oh, when you got in the wreck? Yeah. Really? It's her, six, her 16th birthday. Really? Is the December third? 2nd. The 2nd? Is, yeah. Okay. Yeah, tomorrow's well, happy birthday. Tomorrow's her birthday. It was also my birthday folks' Emily. anniversary. Yeah. So, yeah. so it's a big day for you yeah. guys and your family. An easy day to remember. Yeah. yeah. But uh, you write uh, you write this uh, story. I put it on the page and we print out the page. You used to be able to print the full page yeah. proof and they bring it up to, to the hospital and you're reading it up there. And I get Emily called and said, you got to change sports writer to sports editor. My dad said he didn't work in this business for 30 damn years to get demoted by his daughter. <laughs> I'll never forget that. And that was still, I, I, that was a great, that might have been the most popular column that we had in, this, on, in the standard in, in a five-year period. It's hanging on my bedroom wall at home. Is it? Yeah, because yeah, we got so many calls about that. She did such a great job. I thought maybe she was our next writer. But... <laughs> she's not. <laughs> she's, she's smart. Yeah. She, 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 she wanted to go earn a living. Yeah. yeah so, and then, uh, well, and that's another thing too. Is you come, you made the Butte High Butte Central game that year. Yeah. And I think it was they still played two then because it was before that whole yeah, was silly two. fight about the Mac. Them, yeah. So yeah. you you go to the game and I I tell Chris Fisk I said hey, Bruce Sailor's here. You know he had that wreck. You know could you maybe recognize him before the game? You know let people know he's here. You know. And then Fisk, I, that's all I said. And Fisk gave a great. Remember the speech? Fisk I do. Gave? I do. Yeah, was I was like, amazed myself. Yeah, it was incredible. Right off the top of his head, Fisk gives this nice big introduction. I hadn't met Chris by that point. Really? That I know. I don't think I had. I don't think I'd met Chris. Yet. Yeah, because he was relatively new to. And you didn't yeah. cover Butte High basketball a lot then. Not that much, huh? Yeah. Well, yeah. So I was. You, they weren't that good for a while there, and I got saddled with them. Yeah, <laughs> you, yeah. guys, you guys covered the other team. Yeah. You know, so, the day of the first game. I hadn't been anywhere, you know. I'd been in the hospital, home, going to physical. Yes, please. Going to physical therapy, treatment, different treatments and yeah. stuff, checkups. That's all I'd been doing, and, and I couldn't, of course, couldn't drive, and, yeah. and it was hard to get me in and out of a car at that point. Uh, so I, everywhere I went was pretty much by ambulance. You know, they yeah. come and pick you up, and we got a call that day from uh, Thank you. Mike and Trish McGree that said, uh, "We're coming to get Bruce. He's going to the game." And they came in the ambulance and picked me up and took oh, me over they, to the they just center. decided you were going? Yeah. 
Yeah. They're such great people. They are, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but obviously I owe that family a lot, you know. Yeah. Pulled me out of the wreck and the way they've treated me over the years. Yeah. And that was the first time that I've seen the Butte High and Butte Central crowd stand together when it wasn't the national anthem to cheer for something. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we got it later on with, you know, when when Leo and Veiled Mariah's Challenge yep. and stuff, you know, and people, they had stuff for that. Then you would see it or, you know, other, other we had other causes over the years, you know, that that led similar things. But that's the first time I've ever seen that. I didn't think it was possible Butte High and Butte Central could stand together and cheer. As you know, in this business, sometimes you're not even sure if people like you. Yeah. You know. <laughs> What's well, we said? The tarpons, you thought they hated you, the tarpons, and they were they were really nice. Didn't well, have a bake sale for you? They had a bake sale for me, yeah. 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 The Huckabee family. Good yeah. People, yeah. But, yeah, they, uh, sometimes you don't even know if you're well-liked or not. Then to have that happen, that, you know, it's, yeah. uh, if, I don't think I could shed tears at that point, but I would have. Yeah. You know? And that was, and you came to Butte like in what, 70? 78. 78. So you, you'd been here, you were, you were well known. Yeah. You know, because the newspaper writers were pretty well known then. I mean, everybody in town knew you, Jim Edgar and uh, Hudson Wilson. Yeah. You know, so everybody knew you. And uh, I, they're a lot more recognizable than I ever was, you know. Yeah. Well, Jim had, yeah. he looked like, uh, he could have been, what's the, what's the actor uh, with the mustache? From the Big Lebowski, the old guy, Sam Elliott. Oh, Sam he, he Elliott, looks yeah. like he could be Sam Elliott's yeah. brother. Yeah, <laughs> you know he had the, the big mustache, the cowboy hat on, the gruff talk. You know, yeah. But uh, yeah, and your father-in-law, by the way. Yes, yeah. So he was, yeah. Yeah. He took a, a lot of care of me that during those. Yeah, yeah, he did a lot. And, yeah. And he he came to we used to go to lunch at the Deluxe. Yeah. On Fridays and play some bets, and then you started coming with Jim. Yeah, which was funny. That was pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, have an old gym there. Yeah, we used to bring the grandson too. Yeah, well, Jim was. I, I tell you, when he came working with us part time, because he told me we're we're going out having a beer after work. One time he came back, you know, and, and I went. To, we went to the Vu. I was still in my twenties, and I was the second oldest guy in the bar. <laughs> and here's Jim was in the seventies, and he he goes up to the bar and he ordered us two beers apiece. He just, I, he just assumed I drank Budweiser, which I did at the time. <laughs> Ordered us two beers, and he finished his two, and I still had most of my first one, so I handed him the third one. <laughs> but it was, it was so much fun going out and hanging out with Jim. Oh, he was, Getting to yeah. know him. Because as a kid, he scared, you know, I dated his daughter for her briefly there. Yeah. And uh, he scared the hell out of me. And then I got to know him when I was older, and he was one of the best people I've ever met. Oh, yeah. He was a good guy, great guy. He invited me over to dinner once too often. But <laughs> you know, and, yeah, you, 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 so you marry his daughter. <laughs> yeah. And Eileen, she was uh, she was pretty big. You know, of all the people who helped you, I mean, you, you, you're not doing any of it without Eileen. Oh, no. She, she, I remember she was in charge of you, your eating. You didn't, I mean, for a while there, you, you ate fish. And salads is about all oh, you yeah. pretty much ate for a couple Probably of years. Probably should be on that diet yeah, still. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I remember her walking up and you had to move her desk over to the side desk, which was on a, t a table instead of a desk because you couldn't get your wheelchair into your old desk yet. And you're over there typing some stuff up and your time was up that she allotted you to work. And your fingers are still typing, and she's pulling your wheelchair away from you. Yeah. And you're typing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the Wheeling me out the door and yeah. yelling over her shoulder at you to... Shut my uh, computer down yeah. for me. Yeah. Yeah. So when you were, you were in the hospital bed there, did you think you were going to walk again? 
Or was that something Well, they told about? me I would. Did they? So I had confidence in that, that I would. Okay. You know? They said it was going to be a while. Yeah. You know, they said it'd be a while, and then it's going to take some some work to have it done. But they said, I, that was one of the first things. I think it was Rich Gould told me that, Dr. Gould, you know, I think. Yeah. He came in and might have been Gallagher. Might have been them together. I can't remember what they said. Then I listened to what, what happened. It was like the first time they, after I'd been in there probably a week, and they could sit and tell me what happened and what I broke and what I damaged and yeah. what the prognosis was. And they said, you will walk again, you know, yeah. but you're going to have to work at it. Well, they knew DJ was working there, right? Yeah. yeah. Deanne DJ, Johnson, yeah. I guess last, the other day. And what was scarier is uh, finding out you ran in that pole or finding out that DJ was going to be your... <laughs> PT to, to, to work you through this because she was hard. She was hard on you. Well, right? DJ's tough, but she was. Um, I mean, it was with a purpose. I mean, you, yeah. you, you never questioned that she had your you. Yeah. In focus, she knew what she was doing. Yeah, she knew what she was doing, and uh, you're. You know, I'm sure a lot of patients try to talk themselves out of the work yeah. that needs to be done just because people are that way. You know, she's just not. Gonna and she's not going to let that happen. Yeah. You know, she, so she was very good at it. You know? Yeah. Yeah, and uh, you told me a story of Betty. What did Betty Kiava say to you when you told her it was it was hurting too much one day? Yeah, yeah. She said, "Bruce, sixth floor, everybody hurts." <laughs> and she wouldn't let me out of the walker. I had to yeah. walk. I had probably walked like fifty yards that day, so. which probably felt like a mile. Yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. yeah you know, they're good people. Good, good staff. You know, I I tell people the best, biggest thing about me and uh, my recovery. Is I had the varsity, you know. Yeah. I had the first string in working with me. Yeah. So the doctors, all the nurses, anybody that worked with me was top notch, you know. Yeah. Physical therapists, if, uh, if if there's a profession in Butte that's greater than any right now, I think it's physical therapy. I think we have outstanding PTs in this town. Yeah, yeah and so many of them too. Yeah. And I think they have. I think they keep each other going. You better be good, or they'll go to the next one who's good. It's a, it's a yeah. good selection, you know. You yeah, can't, you can't go wrong, really. No. no. Melanie Rosa got me through. Uh, after after I got out of the hospital, she did a lot of. She's the one that got me walking, basically. You know. Is that Keely's mom? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Keely Anderson. Yeah. yeah. The hard work behind the Colt Anderson Foundation. <laughs> You know, she started out coming to the house to get me going. You know, she's the one who got me up on my feet. The Uptop Clothing Company is a Butte-based business with big plans in Uptown Butte. Uptop also dresses champions around the state of Montana and beyond. You will find the Uptop logo on Butte High's football uniforms, and Uptop is designing the uniforms for Butte High's inaugural baseball season in 2023. Order your college or team apparel today. You want gear for the Bobcats, Grizzlies, Ordiggers, Bulldogs, or Saints? Uptop has what you want and so much more. Uptop also takes custom orders on team apparel and uniforms. Visit teamuptop.com today and save 15% off your first order. The Uptop Clothing Company. Enjoy the moment. There's no story so good that a drink from Park Street Liquors won't make it better. From the finest whiskies and regional spirits to the latest RTDs and select wines, Park Street Liquors has all the ingredients to make your parties and stories legendary. Park Street Liquors can also assist with your corporate event or wedding by helping create and plan your wine and spirits menus. You name it and Park Street Liquors has it. Stop by and see Tom and the crew at 133 West Park Street 
or call 406-782-6278. Make your stories legendary. You want to watch your favorite football team on Sunday, but it isn't on TV? No problem. Go to Metal Sports Bar and Grill and check out all the games. In addition to a full-service bar and a menu full of terrific entrees cooked to perfection, Metals also has the Sunday ticket. Kick back with some raised fingers, the best pizza in town, and a refreshing drink as you root on your team on one of 31 big-screen TVs at Metals. Don't miss a moment of your favorite team with Metals Sports Bar and Grill, where the food is the star. Metals is open at 11 a.m. every Sunday during football season. This message is brought to you by Anno Designs in Anaconda. I know what you're all thinking. Foley, you twit. Why are you letting this Anaconda hack get connected with the Buttecast? Well, folks, money talks. Anno Designs is a printing and direct-to-garment shop in Anaconda. But that's not all we do. We actually specialize in embroidery and graphic design. We also dabble in sign creation and vinyl banners, also decals for your motor vehicles. Now, there are so many great options for screen printers out there. Take 5518, for example. You all know the work John and company do in Butte. And like me, they support local guys like this who started a podcast. Really original. But if your current printer is too busy to get your job done in a timely fashion, why not give us a try? For a limited time only, all new businesses who place an order with Anode Designs will get their screen, embroidery, and graphic design origination fees waived. Just call 406-563-0121 or email anodesignsllc at gmail.com and use the code FOLEYWHO during the consultation. Anode Designs is a proud supporter of the Buttecast and is pushing hard to get more Anaconda talent on the show. Don't just take it from me. Listen to the buttery smooth voice of a Butte legend tell you. There's two things we like about Butte. It's 24 miles away and Tom O'Neill. Welcome to Copperhead Country. When you had people too, I know Butch Darren was one of them. People went and widened your doors in your house, built a ramp for you to get in all the way you were still in the hospital. People you didn't even know yeah. were at your house doing remodeling work for nothing. Yeah. Just, just so you could get... Get around like because then they widen your bedroom door, your bathroom. I had to door. widen all the doors in the house downstairs, you know, because I yeah. wasn't going upstairs anyway. Yeah. I had to widen all the doors in the house to get the wheelchair through, and uh, my my brother came over and built a ramp you know, from Missoula. Oh, your brother came. My brother that? came and built the ramp. Yeah. Uh, actually, he built the ramp in Missoula and came and attached it. Really? Yeah. And that was there for until just recently, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. Until so, yeah, because Jim had ended up using it when he was with us for a while, but. Um, Oh yeah, Mike Bartoletti put together a good crew. He was kind of helped with the getting, yeah. getting the renovation done, and his kids, you know, Ted and Mario, and then uh, the neighbors across the street, the Wilsons, had a lot to do with it. Oh yeah, Brian and Jeanette Wilson, and Brad and Brian's mom, named them too. Brad and Brian were with their pounding nails and sawing. Really? Yeah. And then it was all. I didn't see any because I, I couldn't come home until it was done. Yeah. But Isn't it amazing that John Stitzer, I think, was another one who was amazing. All those people just did that for you. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's got to feel good to know that all the, you know, and, and not all that the people call and the people that, you know, well wishes and everything that you had to feel like you were, if not loved, at least liked. Overwhelmed, I think, is, you know, <laughs> yeah. just completely overwhelmed. Yeah. It's uh, to the point that, uh, if I sound a little corny, but I kind of made up my mind that I was imbued to stay. Yeah. You know. And if I could help the community back in any way as I progressed in life, you know, or proceeded in life, I would try to, yeah. try to do what I could, try to give back as much as I could, except 
give back wasn't the term then, but yeah. I just felt a responsibility to gratitude, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, and that's and that's funny is people kind of felt the gratitude for you too because you covered in their sports you wrote about them or their kids or their grandkids, you know, and they appreciated the way you did it and you know because really you you and HUD I think HUD probably started and you took it to the next level covering girls sports you know and women's sports more than any other paper. Yeah, you know you kind of you guys really set the set the bar for everyone else. Well, HUD was a great one to learn local sports journalism from. Yeah. Because um, he was very much about the local sports scene, you know. And if we didn't have somebody at a game in town, it was because we ran out of people to send. Yeah. You know, that'd be the only reason. I was a little better staffed. Yeah, we had a number bunch, wise. bunch of part timers and, and stuff, so we yeah. could get to a lot of them. Yeah. So we were able to get to a little bit more after uh, I became sports editor just because they gave me a little more staff to send out. Yeah. And, it's, and you know, they'd call me in the office and accuse me of uh, finding more stuff for the people to do so I could get more staff, you know. But, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, we, we had a lot to cover. Yeah. Well, you know, we did. I mean, we picked up uh, a lot of Dylan coverage that we didn't do before, you know. Yeah. And then uh, we tried to get to the area all the schools as much as we C schools, we had all their games. Yeah. You remember Dustin Keltner calling? He, yeah. Where was he? He was it up north or was that out I think he was he like at Power or something like somewhere that? Somewhere away, somewhere out of our area. Yeah. And he would call in his games. Yeah. Just because. It was his it, local paper it, because, yeah, yeah. you know. He was an Anaconda boy. Yeah, Anaconda and Twin Bridges and stuff, you know. Yeah, he's a good guy. Dustin's a good guy. Yeah. Now, when you, you came here in 78, you of course, you started with Missoulian. Then you were in Burley, Idaho. Yeah. And then you come here in '78, and uh, was it HUD and, and who else? Was just you and HUD full time? Full time. Yeah, just HUD myself. And Jim was here part time. Yeah. When, when was Frank Quinn? Was he there? He's been. I. I don't. Did you ever know him? I yeah, I knew Frank, but he was retired when I knew him. Okay. Yeah. He's, he's a legendary name. Yeah. Around. He's a. You know, it's. So it's really nice to be able to say that I knew Frank Quinn because it's like saying that you know you knew. Somebody famous. What did you know, he call his call? Like frankly speaking. Or yeah, something I think like that's that. what it was. Yeah. He's he was a really small in stature man. He was probably five four maybe. Or oh something really? Like Frank is like that. But he used to come in and uh, and talk to us. You know, just come in and visit. That was back in the day when people wandered in and out of the standard like it was you know the city park or something. Yeah, you know? I, I, I did I remember when I. Yeah. And Frank used to come in and visit with everybody because he used to work a little news site too. You know, and he was uh, on the staff. He'd uh, come over and talk sports. He, and he, he'd, uh, if he liked something that I, I wrote, he'd give me a call once in a while and you know, compliment. He was quite a guy. Uh, Frank, um, Frank was famous in the, at the newspaper for uh, on the nights that they had big championship heavyweight championship fights when he was sports editor. They didn't have TV or anything like that. And some didn't have the fights on TV, but probably did. But they probably did on the radio. But he would stand at the front window, with and uh, go get the uh, AP teletype round by round report. Yeah, yeah. And there'd be a crowd of people out in the street waiting for Frank to yell through the window. Uh, Marciano wins the round, or uh, <laughs> no kidding, uh, or that's awesome <laughs> stuff like that, you know. <laughs> and it was like he was giving a need run back and forth, and, and uh, I guess he, according to HUD. Because Frank, you'd have to stand on a box to do it because he was short. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Hud was not short. No. 
yeah, that's that's funny. You know, and and then Jim, when Jim started part, was he working part time then? He was part time when I got. I think he started in '75 part time. Okay, and he was, uh, of course, he was a Navy man. Yeah, yeah, he was running the reserve center at the time, oh. Naval Reserve Center there, which is now a hockey arena at Clark Park. You know? Yeah. Oh, he was running that. And he was running that. Yeah, that was his last post from the Navy. Really? He retired from there. Yeah, and then he and he uh, did that. Then he did some ranch work for a while. Had a ranch at the base, and then he went full time in '84 at the paper. Wow. As what happened is, uh, Foot Rick Foot was editor then, and he had to uh, the Anaconda re reporter at the time. Well, Dick Daniels, I think, had already retired. But anyway, we had an opening at the Standard, and I think it was John McNay came over from the Anaconda paper, yeah. Anaconda Bureau, yeah. to work uh, in, uh, here at the Standard. And I had an opening over there, and they had a, a woman who was working for the Missoulian. I can't remember her name now, but I think she was from Deer Lodge originally. Anyway, she wanted the Anaconda job, Bureau job, but she didn't want to do sports. And uh, before the Anaconda reporter was responsible for Anaconda Sports, yeah, and she didn't want to do it, but she was a really good reporter, so Rick wanted to put her on staff over there. And so he told HUD that we could have Jim full time if we would pick up the Anaconda coverage in sports. Oh. And so that's what we did. That's how that through that position. That's full -time. okay. Yeah. And that was he already invited you to dinner too many times by then. Because yeah. 84, you already had. Yeah. yeah. Matt was born in 84. We were married, had a kid, yeah, you know. Yeah, was that a setup that uh, Jim and Kathy get together and said, this is nice guy Bruce at work and Eileen, you know. It, well, or was I, it just something that they invite you to dinner and then you see their daughter? Well, I walked into it, I think, yeah. you know. Yeah, I, I mean, you know. I think it was a setup, but I didn't complain, you know. <laughs> yeah. That's a pretty good way to yeah. put it. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. yeah, she looked pretty good in that uh, blouse and cutoffs that day. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, Eileen, yeah, she's of course I've known and I've known you and Eileen since I was in junior high, which is yeah. part of the reason I'm I probably went into sports, being a sports writer because I said you, you guys get paid to go to basic <laughs> yeah. basketball games, football games. <laughs> Basically, well, I'm still in sports too. You know? yeah. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. Uh, and now of course um, Jim retired. What about '89, uh, '92, Okay. Yeah. He retired, and then uh, HUD worked until about, what, 96? 96, he retired. Yeah. And then you, well, of course, they hired the guy. Terry Cooper. Terry, nice guy. Wasn't a sports writer. Sports writer. No, and not familiar with the area, and really yeah. didn't didn't get get yeah. what it meant here. I mean, yeah. I like Terry. He's yeah. a really good writer. You ever hear from him? Uh, not in a long time. Yeah. I, it's probably, he, I heard from him. 10, 15 years yeah. ago, something like that. He was an outstanding writer. He was kind yeah. of an outdoors kind of writer yes. over in Wisconsin yeah. he came from, right? Yeah, right. I remember when he came, I was uh, I was an intern when he was getting, mm -hmm. I think it was an in, yeah, I was an intern that year, 96. And uh, I remember me and you talking to him about, I don't think he knew who won the World Series one year before. <laughs> yeah. and all these, like, I, yeah. and there's probably people ask me and stuff like that now if I don't know about, you know, ask me about hockey or something. And I'm like, I thought you were a sports writer. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, but right. uh, I think I get the same thing now with the World Cup going on. I yeah, know. yeah, soccer. I, I don't know anything about soccer. I, mm -hmm. I haven't I haven't watched and I'm still struggling to understand with why we celebrated the scoreless tie. <laughs> but uh, each their own, I guess, right? The fastest growing sport. Yeah. Yeah. For the last 50 years. So, the, so then it must have been in the, you became sports editor, what, 97 then, right? Yeah. 
February. You were the whole sports staff. Because I remember on St. Patrick's Day that year, Eileen told me she was sleeping with us, with the entire sports staff at the Montana <laughs> yeah, Standard. <it> was. <laughs> you yourself, and you know that's it. Uh, then Joe Paisley came over, yeah. And then eventually you built up to have a huge. Well, I had staff. Brent Michelson part time oh. for a while there too. You know? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Brent was a college student. College. He was in tech. his very last semester of a tech. Yeah. It, it was a, <laughs> Brent was a great. I don't. I think he's in Mississippi now. Okay. But yeah, he's a. He was a, a guy that, he was from Miles City originally, and very loyal, Yeah. and a good reporter. He did a good job for us, you know. Yeah, he covered, he covered he a lot covered of stuff, game. and, and uh, never said no, you know. But he, that May of that year, I think it was May, I hadn't quite, Joe hadn't come over yet from uh, Newside. He was the education reporter, Joe was. And then uh, I, we had a big weekend. We had like the combo softball tournament on a track meet, I think yeah. a big weekend, and I was there by myself, basically. And uh, we uh, talked to Brent about that weekend that I was going, he's probably going to get a lot of hours in because he's going to need some help. And he kind of gave me a funny look. He says, well, I have this, have these two interviews with this, this he was in metallurgy. Yeah. I have these two interviews for a job. And he's going to graduate, like, right about then. You yeah, because it's, yeah. combos about not even the weekend, yeah. graduation weekend. And he said, I have these two uh Two interviews, but he says I can, I can cancel them and help you out. <laughs> <And I> look, <laughs> yeah. What what were we paying you like? But I don't know, four seventy five an hour or something like that. You know, it wasn't yeah. really. I think I made I think I made five fifty an hour for that internship the year yeah. before. Yeah. And I said, I just looked at him. My first thought went through my head is, is uh, I never met his dad, but I'm sure that he'd be coming after me. You know? <laughs> and I said, uh, I said, Brent, your dad didn't send you to this school. To get that degree, <laughs> so you could throw away a eighty-five thousand dollar a year job for four seventy-five an hour. The cover for one weekend. Combo invitational. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that that and he would. That's the kind of guy. He was. Yeah, he would have done it. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't heard from him in a while. I used to hear from him every now and again. Yeah. <laughs> nice guy. Yeah. But you know, the work does that to you too. Yeah. I mean, if you like it, you know, and it's easy to like that. You know, if you want to. Do what you can with. Well, and it's it's almost like um, it's it's the it's a team mentality when you're working in a paper like it that. Is. You know, when we're going in there, we're writing all the names on the all the school, each game on the board. Yeah. You know, and and you're looking like how the hell are we gonna cover all this? You know, especially when it's when they had the 11, 12 seed divisional tournament in Central's playing a tournament, Butte High's, you know, playing games, Tech's maybe even the Frontier Conference tournament at the time. You know, mm-hmm. we're wondering how we're gonna cover that. Now that's how it was. It was just kind of. You rally, you, you do more than you thought you'd ever wanted to do, <laughs> and, and got it done. But it was always such a g- good feeling to walk out with a paper Yeah. that night. I think you said it's the only job where you show up with the raw material and you leave with the finished product. Every day, yeah. 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 Every day I used to walk in that back door and just I'd, I'd actually hesitate for a minute, wondering, wondering what might be on the other side of that door, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and that was, you know, when I first went into sports, right, and I thought I'm going to go to... I mean, I'm covering the Red Sox or covering the Bears or, you know, going somewhere big, you know, and being Frank DeFord or something. And then, of course, I'd meet a girl and end up staying at Standard. But I thought I'd never leave the Standard. I loved working. It was so much fun. You know, the, we had a blast in the sports section, you know, especially, especially when we had Lefty or Joe yeah. doing our pages, you know. And then the press guys, they were it was just fun to see the press guys every night go down and check the press. Every once in a while, you got to yell, stop the presses when there was a mistake. Yeah, which was awesome. Yep. They were all state, those guys, you know. Yeah. We had a great press group. It was, 
top notch. Those yeah. guys, I, those guys cared about their craft beyond belief. Yeah. Cared about the paper, yeah. you know. They cared about what the product was. Yeah, and then of course they, and that's when and things started to change. Of course, we used to have. Uh, I, I didn't know him from working there because he was gone, but it was Larry Spicer. I knew him from the golf course. Yeah. Larry worked in the back shop, and there was uh, I can't remember his name. Uh, Georgine Cachola's brother. Oh, Corey. No, her. her Corey worked was uh, work with me. He oh, was, okay. But the brother, remember he oh, worked. Oh, Larry. Was a, yeah, he was Larry too, wasn't yeah, he? Um, he worked. He worked back there, and and uh, there's a few other people I can. They used to, they used to chop that up. But that's yeah. amazing what they did. And then then they started printing just directly the the film, which Beth Nelson seem, worked back there. Yeah, too. Beth Nelson worked. She actually she's how I got the internship because yeah. she she uh, Beth Steinmetz now. Yeah, she, yeah, she was Beth Nelson then. She she called Drew Van Foss and got a hold of me to see if I wanted an internship at Standard because. Because she she told him I was going to school at UM, and uh, that's so you can everyone can blame Beth for me writing at the at the standard. But of course they started, you know, technology cut away a lot of jobs. They did, yeah. and then Lee Enterprises not being very bright cut a lot more jobs out. You know, which the, when the pressman left, that was when it was kind of a sign when they started printing at Helena. Yeah, that well, was well, it moved up the deadlines. You know, yeah. Did. One like comment every time Jerry would tell me that we had to have an early deadline that night. I said, "It's okay. All he misses the news, you know." So that's <laughs> Which is probably why he didn't work there anymore. <laughs> Your email. What'd you say when you sent an email to Davenport one day? I did. Yeah. When they closed Lee Lodge. Yeah. Which was a great benefit for people that you could go stay a week Lee Lodge for. It used to be free, and then they charge a hundred bucks for a full week staying mm-hmm. on a cabin at Polson. Yeah. What a, I mean, and then they now they, probably a hundred bucks for two hours. Probably they sell that like in nine, in two thousand eight, right at the, I think it was two thousand eight, right when the market was trash. If they'd waited five years, they'd have doubled the price on that thing. Yeah. You know, so they sold that just to make short term goals, so they can show here here's where we are with our money, you know, which, which is why, um, when when you got laid off in twenty twelve, that was kind of one of those things too. They just need to make quick. We gotta. We got to show we're making money here, you know. So they lay yeah, off. I don't know how much they thought I was making, but it wasn't. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. You weren't. <laughs> you're not living in the country club with that, no. you know. By any means, nice house, but <laughs> not living in the country club. But, but uh, yeah. So things started going downhill. But of course, and then the last ten years after that, you, you probably you didn't know what you were going to do probably when they laid you off, because you, you like you said you weren't planning on leaving Butte. No, I wasn't going to leave. And I was a one-trick pony. There was only one thing I knew how to do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Didn't know what was going to happen. I thought, you know, retirement fund wasn't quite where. Yeah, because you, you were uh, just be. about to turn sixty, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I was. No, I didn't know what it was. Or just be. about to turn fifty. Or no, you're about to, just about to turn to sixty. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because you were fifty when you had heart attack. Yeah. And do you still blame that heart attack on Matt Vincent and me for hitting <laughs> golf balls in the pit? Yeah. Yeah, I can. But, you know, what happened, we talked about how that cigarette I had when I was leaving the office, and I was the last one. Yeah. And that, that's a result as uh, when I, the first week I was in the hospital, the, doctor, the late Dr. Siragusa was my cardiologist, because he excited me. I mean, before that wreck, I hadn't been to a doctor in I don't know how long, so I didn't really have any doctors. And they just, you know, they attached themselves to me to keep me, yeah. keep me on earth, you know. But uh, Dr. Siragusa came in. And he sat down and he says, you can do two things. He says, 
you can either quit smoking or we can do this again someday. <laughs> really? So you're coming back. And it was, it, it was hurting at the time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I said, well, that decision was made, so yeah. that was it. And of course, the first, they weren't going to let you smoke for those 37 days anyway. No, the I was first 37 was cold turkey. Uh, yep, that's it. They kind of, I was pretty much done when, they, when I got out, you know. So. Yeah. Well, I remember yeah. you talking about how good orange juice tasted. Yeah. You never, oh, you orange never juice, tomatoes. Smoke. I never liked tomatoes at all. Not now, yeah. I love tomatoes. They taste yeah. it's, I can see why people gain weight when they quit smoking. This food tastes so much better. <laughs> the holidays are upon us at 5518 Designs and Dig City Supply, and we've got everything you need for your shopping list. Stop by 5518 on Main Street in Uptown Butte for our exclusive brand of apparel and gifts for the whole family. We've also got the essentials from leading outdoor brands like Kavu, Dekine, Chaco, and more. Around the corner on Park Street, our sister store, Dig City Supply, has the area's largest selection of fully licensed fan gear for Montana Tech and Montana State. We also carry apparel for all the area elementary schools and high schools. Can't make it uptown? Buy online at shop5518.com or digcitysupply.com, and we'll guarantee that it's sent out the next day, or simply pick it up in-store next time you're in the neighborhood. Be sure to make all of Uptown Butte and any of our great locally owned small businesses your holiday shopping destinations this year. It makes a difference. Happy holidays from 5518 Designs and Dig City Supply. Visiting your neighborhood Thriftway Super Stops was already your favorite stop of the day. Now it is even better. Join the brand new Thriftway Loyalty Club to rack up big discounts, earn free stuff and receive more TLC with every visit. Download the TLC app and take advantage of great deals on pizza, grab-and-go favorites, fresh-brewed coffee, cool fountain drinks, and much, much more at your neighborhood Thriftway Superstops. Loyalty Club members also save five cents per gallon off top-tier conical fuel every single day. Plus, earn points at the pump and in the store. Casa Grande Steakhouse serves steak and so much more. You cannot beat their seasoned, hand-cut Rocky Mountain ground beef. But did you know about their menu filled with made-to-order pastas, chicken sautés, mouth-watering seafood, appetizers, enticing desserts, or their most recent addition, sushi? Thursday nights are sushi nights at Casa Grandas, where you will be welcomed as a part of the family. Casa Grandas can also handle all your catering needs with style, class, and a taste that cannot be beat. Visit Casa Grande Steakhouse inside the historic Bertoglio Warehouse at 801 South Utah Avenue in Uptown Butte. Call 406-723-4141 for reservations. Check out their menu at casagrandesteakhouse.com. Casa Grande Steakhouse, eat where the locals eat. Markovich Construction Incorporated is Southwest Montana's largest and most successful general contracting firm. They employ the best field craftsmen, managers, and support staff, and they maintain the most complete fleet of building construction equipment in the area. Markovich Construction has the construction team to make any project a success. They have a proven successful history of working with owners and design professionals to address any project challenges and they routinely bring in projects ahead of schedule and within budget. Recent projects include the Veterans Home, Burt Mooney Airport, Starbucks, the Ridgewater Water Park, and more. Visit MarkovichCons.com to see some of their recent projects and call 406-494-3901 to let Markovich Construction work for you. Markovich Construction, when performance counts. Well, in that night, of course, we 
we hit golf balls in the pit, which Jerry's still mad at me for that. But we had, we did that, and then we wrote the column about it, and we turned it into you to publish, because we ran our the rat chat ran on Thursdays every, well it started off every third Thursday, then it was just kind of whenever we could get together <laughs> Thursdays, you know, but uh, so your birthday was on a Wednesday, and we give it to you on your fiftieth birthday. And you had to decide whether or not to run that or not. Yeah, right? and you guys turned it in late, too, so yeah. I didn't have <laughs> we a did. whole lot of time to get through it. We wanted to avoid the big wigs from, from... And it was running on the front of a color page, and so if I don't... I got nothing to sub in there if yeah. I pull it, you know, so... Yeah. Unless they put in a house ad, you know. People yeah. don't know what that is, but it's usually... Sometimes when you read a paper and you see a big ad that says... Uh, uh, read the Montana Standard or read yeah. the Great Falls, whatever, something like that. Yeah. It's a big ad, and it says... Uh, such and such is on Thursday. Dear, dear Abby, yeah. and or something. Those are house ads. They're basically plugging a yeah. hole that wasn't meant to be there in the first place. Yeah. yeah so you you must have smoked uh, at least a pack of cigarettes oh, that man. night because you were nervous, worrying about whether or not to run it. And yeah, I was. I was very nervous. You look at me. You're ready to kill me. Yeah. <laughs> Vinny didn't have to be there because you know it was just part time. Yeah, yeah. I was sitting right next to you. And I'm thinking the whole time. I'm thinking this is going to be. The best red thing in the paper tomorrow. And at the same time, I says, "Yeah, I'm going to, probably going to get fired for letting it go." <laughs> and that was a, that was a serious thought that ran through my head. Yeah. And that was the last thought I had too when I took the page and dropped it down the chute to the press. You know, yeah. I didn't even want to wait around the press for it to come off. I figured, you know, <laughs> go home and have a beer yeah, and okay, see what happens yeah. next day. We hit that per Jerry would never let it run, but we ran it when he was out of town. He was, I can't remember where he was up in Kalispell or something like that. Somewhere I can't he called, remember. He yeah. called me up and he was screaming at me. <laughs> yeah, I'll never forget that. And then we had the meeting. Of course, that was that was one of several times that you got called into the principal's office <laughs> yeah. to defend Matt Vincent and, and me. Yeah. yeah. We had the mind boss. <laughs> yeah. It was interesting times when those days was running. It, every time my phone would have a, the message light on it, somebody wanted to talk about it. You know. Yeah. So, uh, so the, for the last ten years, of course, you've been writing for Butte Sports. Luckily, saved me too because I remember when Jerry called and told me that they laid you off. I asked him if they could lay me off, and he said they'd let me know. And then they got back to me and they said they wouldn't because I, I would have taken the whatever few weeks you get of unemployment, you know. And of course, that was I had insurance, so, you know, for the kid. I couldn't just quit. But Ron and Shelly Davis. You know, they come to us and they say, "Well, we're going to get you a job and you know, give you insurance." And because I wanted to, to yeah. quit, you know, because they did that, and then PR left, and then Sean left, and Sports Page. They've had some good writers ever since, but they've never been staffed like they were. No, it's never had the people needed to do yeah. it, you know. Yeah, or the, we the way we did it. Anyway. Yeah, and they didn't have the experience and all that stuff, you know. But uh, so then you get it. You you work in Mike Thatcher, really yeah. stepped to the plate for you. He did, yeah, yeah. I got a message from Mike. I can't remember who gave it to me now. I said, have Bruce give me a call. Yeah. So I did. And he gave me a job working as a, a counselor technician. Yeah. Out at the uh, watch facility out in Warm Springs. So, you know, yeah. whole different world. Yeah. And then you were doing that and then covering whatever games you could. Yeah, with Butte Sports, yeah. Yeah, and uh, of course, you know, we did that for until I left. It was I left right at the 10-year anniversary. That was a Butte Sports, but this year is your 50th year 
It covering, is. Covering 50th school year, covering yeah. high school, college sports. Yeah. That's got to feel pretty cool. Though. Yeah. Yeah, it went by fast, though. But, yeah. You know, does, it, does it feel like a great accomplishment, or does it just make you feel old? <laughs> eh. Well, I, th- I think the accomplishment part is I've been able to maintain doing what I like to do, you know. Yeah. I've known guys that have gotten old having to work at things they really yeah. hated. You know, yeah. Really just to pay the bills and put food on the table. So I've, I've been able to enjoy what I do. Yeah. You know? So that's that's an accomplishment itself, I think. Yeah. I've been fortunate in that way. But yeah, I feel old. <laughs> 70 years old, you know, yeah. it's getting up there. <laughs> you, uh, well, the, for the last 10 years, though, at least, the good thing about it is, is it, you were so stressed as a sports editor. Yeah. I mean, you could, because it was, you, you, even when your, your day's off, you had two scheduled days off. And you usually were working on those days off. Yeah, or a lot of times. You know, you know and, which Eileen will tell you how much you, you worked way too much and you, you worried so much about stuff. And you didn't go cover the events. I mean, you'd send, I got to go cover some great events. And you're the sports editor. You have to, but you would stay and make sure things got done right and sacrifice writing them, even though your favorite thing in the world, I think, is to go cover a game. Yeah, probably, yeah. You know, write, you know, write the story of a, of a good game. So now, you just go cover the game. Yeah, I love it. You know, this is, so I, <laughs> I said, it's, it's like, I tell people, it's like role reversal. I said, I get to, I've gotten to do all this, do all the fun stuff and uh, stick fully with all this stuff that isn't, you know, he gets, <laughs> to, he gets to handle all the crap, yeah. you know, that comes in. <laughs> yeah, because, oh, I remember, I saw your job and I knew, I never wanted to be the sports editor at the newspaper. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I said, when Bruce retires, I'm retiring. <laughs> I mean, it's just there's no way I'm, I'm, I'm doing that. You know, because it was a, it was a tough job. Because as much as stress as I had at Butte Sports, you know, trying to make sure we cover Butte High, Butte Central, and, and Tech, and all, every sport, which is, which is a ton. It's a ton to do. But you had Anaconda and all, you know, Dylan and Boulder, Whitehall, you know, all these schools. We covered every one of their... You know, we didn't go to all their games, but we had a report on their games. You know, which was it was tough to coordinate that stuff. That was a tough job. Yeah, I wouldn't. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't do it. <laughs> it was fun. I mean, I I had fun with it too. Yeah. I mean, I, I, the standard was very good to me for most of the time yeah. I was there. You know. Yeah. And during the time that I was injured, when I was hurt, they were great to me. Yeah. You know, they took care of me and my family. Yeah. You know, they were. They were there. You know. So I can't really say too much. Standard, it's even now, or when I left, the people in that building were still friends of mine. Yeah. You know? Well, that was, yeah, when you got laid off, that was a Davenport, Iowa decision. People yeah. who just, they knew your name and social security number. They didn't know anything else, right? Yeah. They made that decision. Yeah, the standard, uh, well, there's still a few people we had. Yeah, worked with there. Two or three, yeah. Tracy's right. Tracy's Tracy there. Thornton Tracy. doing a good job. I think Christy's Christy still there, I think. Yeah, yeah Christy is, I think she's the new and improved Carmen Winslow, as Pat yeah. Ryan would say. Yeah. Nothing no, nothing personal, Carmen, but that's what PR, he sent me a message one time when I was with Butte Sports. He's right before he got to leave the standard. He said the new and improved Bill Foley just gave us two weeks notice. <laughs> and it was his first week on the job. <laughs> so that's the line. That, uh, but you, you covered so many events. You covered butte during some great times yeah i, I go back and I'm, i'll be researching something I, I you know i'm on newspapers.com almost daily maybe you know at least twice a day looking at old stuff and i'll, I'll be just so jealous of some of the things that you got to cover like in was it 81 when they butte high and central both win the state track titles 
Yeah. And you're you're covering all of that. I'm like, because th- that's what you live for is to cover a state champion or a championship th- game. Yeah, I think one of the busiest days I've read it was either that year or the year after, I think. I can't remember. But Butte High and Butte Central. I think Butte High won both the boys and the girls. Or they won the boys and Central won the boys and the girls. Yeah. They won three of the four titles anyway. Yeah. That year. And, and Central won them both. Yeah, Butte Central the boys and girls won. And the Butte High boys won. Kathy. Yeah, that would have been 80, 82 season, right? Yeah. yeah. And then uh, that night, the Bobcats had a scrimmage over at East. Really? Yeah. <laughs> and then you covered that. <laughs> wow. What's, what's the, when you look, but what's your, what are some of the favorite games that you remember covering? Oh, boy, that's really a jumble anymore. You didn't, you cover, you didn't cover like the 81 Butte High, Butte Central football. No, I was in year. Calgary for the Pioneer League Baseball. Playoffs. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. And you covered some pretty good fights in that, too, didn't you? Yeah, there was, yeah there was, they had a pretty good brawl there one night. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah we did. Uh, I, I was up in Calgary for that. Jim covered the uh, Butte High, Butte Central game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was a good one. I think the Central winning the state basketball. 84. Oh, 84. Yeah. That was a big Thanks one. to Dan the Man O'Gara is a big, big shot, yeah, right? Yeah, that's a big one. Uh, Butte High Wrestling, State Wrestling, Chinese General High. Yeah, you covered them, but they were. Yeah. yeah. And John Lataski, remember, he wrote a great column about when you weren't at that first, after your wreck. Oh, yeah. Crusher, he wrote a great, great column. <laughs> talking about how you were missed, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you covered. Did you cover all the wrestling titles? Street pretty much? Not all, most of them. Most of them. There were a couple years I didn't because I had kids being born. Oh, you yeah. Know, yeah, Matt was Matt born. came in 84 and Elizabeth came in 88. Is his name Matt time. because of the wrestling tournament? That's what Jim says. Yeah. <laughs> Jim Street. Yeah. <laughs> Tom Gallagher, JP's dad, heard that story and he says, well, his name, if he'd come during baseball season, his name would be Homer. <laughs> <laughs> Which wouldn't be a bad name. No. Homer Thatcher gets yeah. away with it, all right? Yeah. Although that's a nickname for Homer, I think. I don't. Yeah. I'm not sure what his real name is. Yeah, so, yeah, so, I, so I did. I missed those. And then I missed the uh, 95. Well, that, no, I, otherwise, I think I covered all the ones in the street. I missed the 95 one because of a decision that we were made. But, uh, yeah. yeah. Pearl Dunmire reminded you of that. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. So I did. I covered the very first one. That was a, a big one, was that 1981. That when they went up in uh, Great Falls now. State. I think. They went in not as one of the favorites, but they had a great tournament. And uh, the night before the state is when um, the Americans beat the Russians in hockey at the 80 Olympics. Oh, really? Yeah. And I could just, that's one of those, everybody comes together and just that moment, the PA announcer announced the score. And then the, I think the semifinals and the wrestling team were going on. And uh, had a PA announcer announced the score and just, all right, sorry about that, Bruce. My machine ran out of batteries. <laughs> right. yeah, yeah, but anyway, the crowd started chanting USA, USA, yeah. and everybody just stopped cheering for their own guys for a second, cheered for the country, I guess. You know. So that was a pretty, pretty good cool. moment. I think it said a lot about um, sports in that moment, too, that they could put the, in, I mean, wrestling, state wrestling's intense. Yeah. It's yeah, intense. not everybody likes it's each int- other. It's intense from 8.30 a.m. on Friday until 11 o'clock Saturday yeah. night. Yeah, it's cool to be in part of those moments when everybody likes each other, like when you, when when Fisk introduced you at the yeah. BYU Central game and everyone's standing together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, you got to cover some. That'd be awesome covering. I, I get jealous thinking back of what you got to do in 1982. Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> in that was fun doing that. And, uh, 
It was, I mean, it's hard sometimes too because yeah. you know, you get all those stories and thrown at you and you to get them done. You know, it isn't a magazine. You got to get it done. You know, yeah. Right on the spot. And then, uh, boy, there's so many stuff over the years. The biggest event I probably ever did was there's a fight card in Vegas in 1980 that I was on vacation at the time anyway, but I went ahead and covered the the card because uh, Marvin Camelton was always on it. And there were a lot of area people down there watching. You know, there's a like a five champions card plus they showed two from other locales on big screen there at Caesars. That was a big thing. All the people that give me it over the years, and we look at that some of the athletes that have gone, I, you know, the athletes are the best reason. Yeah. Best evidence for sports success, because I think most successful people I know have at least an extra, extracurricular background yeah. in school, and most of the time it's sports, not all. And is there anything better to talk to, anyone better to talk to than a boxer? <laughs> Boxers are great. They're my favorite quotes, yeah. you know. Nobody more honest. There's nobody yeah. more honest than other quotes. That's like the Warbolski brothers. Or more uh, simple than the ones I have to say, you know, they're right to the point, just, you know, just yeah. like just like a right cross, I mean, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they don't waste any no. time beating around the bush, huh? they no. go right to you. Yeah, I think uh, you know, the best quotes, I think, that I've learned through boxers and uh, I think uh, rodeo cowboys. You know? Yeah, the rodeo the cowboys. Quotes too. They're, it's kind of similar in a lot of ways, too, because, you know, you're going in getting hurt. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, pain is no big deal. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah, look at some of that. Like, Ron Davis's brother, I think Don, had his finger just pulled off. Team roping? Yeah. Just pulled off at the knuckle. He didn't. Didn't. I think he rode the next day. <laughs> just put a little duct tape on it, you know. I guess I only got nine fingers now. You know, no big whoop. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, so... Uh, so how long do you you, you plan on riding? Just as long as you as long as you can still use those legs to get out there and cover I think things? so. I'd like Eileen and actually wife and I were talking about that yesterday. So I don't know how much longer we're going to do it, you know, because you know there's some things going on right now we're wondering about. But I said uh, I don't know how much longer I'll be doing this anyway, you know. Uh, but getting 50 years in is pretty cool. Yeah, I said, and she says, "Oh, you'll go till you're 75 anyway." And I said, "Well, I was thinking that maybe I was going to shoot for 80 if I could." You yeah. Know, but, See, just you know, I'm getting older. I'm, I tire a little easier now. I noticed that this year, especially. It's like when I hit 70, they turn the dial up a notch. You know, <laughs> so I tire a little easier, and uh, and uh, and Dr. Gallagher told me after sometime after my wreck that when you get older, some of this is going to come back. You know, really? or some of this stuff. So you know, don't throw away all the equipment. You know, yeah. <laughs> so it's going to last. I hate so far I'm fine, you know, yeah. that way. I'm doing well that way. I try to stay try to do some exercising and stuff like that. Well, you go to the Y quite a bit. I go I, I do that stuff luckily, way more than Luckily I you got a friend who has a podcast to keep you entertained so you don't read a book and fall exactly. off the thing anymore. Yeah. Yeah, that happened a couple of times. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how you read it in a treadmill. Well, you want to see fast reaction by uh, by a bunch of people watch an old guy fall off a treadmill. <laughs> Yeah, but you think about it, it's, you know, it's been 20 years since that wreck. And look at all that, just the way your family, you got like 9 million grandkids now. Yeah. You know, you're, and, but they're, you're not a grandpa who just sees them every once in a while. You go to your house and there's at least four or five grandkids running around at any time. And it's now, great. And a little guy, Cash, who's the cutest thing I think I've ever seen. Yeah. You know. He's, he's my boss, you know. Yeah. I mean, you think, I mean, isn't it? 
you, you, you must be thankful for that pole that oh. started your heart again. Oh, yeah. You know, because no, you, well, you'd have missed all this. This is a great time of my life. Yeah. It really is. I'm really enjoying the kids, you know. When I was working, I talk about this often, especially with Eileen and other people, and other people my age. So when I was working, I was working a lot of hours, and so I missed a lot of what my own kids did. Yeah. I wasn't around. But I worked evenings. I had Tuesdays and Wednesdays off when I, before I was sports. I had Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Who in the house in the world has Tuesdays yeah. and Wednesdays off? You guys would have Christmas dinner at like a 1 o'clock and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, and so the, you know, when the kids were at school, I was home. When they were home, I was at work, you know, and the whole time they were growing up. And the only time I ever got to see them is when I went and watched them do sports. Yeah. You know, really? You know, a lot. And so... Um, I'm not doing that with the grandkids. I'm spending time with the grandkids. You know? yeah. And now I can see what I was missing with my own kids. You know? yeah. And uh, sometimes I think, I, since I can still work some jobs, maybe I should go get another job, you know? Yeah. You see these signs all over the place, people begging for people to come to work. <laughs> well, maybe I can help save a business by being a, just a, a body at the counter or something like that. But uh, I don't want to give up the kids. You know? yeah. Maybe when school starts, I'll, once they start school, maybe I'll yeah. I don't know the way they're coming though. I don't know if you'll be able. Is it? <laughs> There's 16 of them. I 16. Got 16 grand, five kids, 16 grandkids. So, well, you yeah. married into the Edgar family. I always said the Edgars, the, the Edgars, uh, they multiply like gremlins when you spill water on them. You know, <laughs> five kids in that family's you know. <laughs> yeah, that's nothing. Yeah, yeah, that's a minimal. Yeah, so 16 grandkids, and yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, five kids are all doing well, so you know. Yeah, be great grandkids before you know it. Yeah. Hold on that a little bit. I want to <laughs> the oldest, oldest grandkid's only t only twenty, and I need him to get his feet under him a little bit before he. Is he twenty? Yeah, because he'll be twenty-one in uh, in February. February yeah. yeah, yeah, that's hard to believe. He's twenty-one. He at the time of the wreck, he's the only grandkid I had. Yeah, and he came. The first time I ever heard him say "Papa" was I heard um, him in the hallway. Eileen and and Matt were bringing him down the hallway to my room. Yeah. And I could hear this little baby saying, Papa, Papa. He was 10 months old. Yeah. And so he came into the room. That's the person I'd seen. Caden yeah. was his name. Was first I never uh, heard him say it. You know? Yeah, because your Papa, you had that hat for a while. It said, world's greatest Papa. I still have it somewhere. Yeah. Right? yeah. yeah well, uh, what do you become when you, when you become, a, if, if you become a great-grandfather, are you a great grandpa, great papa, or how does? I don't know, grandpapa, maybe. Grandpapa, I don't know. Because I don't, because you're Eileen's nan and your papa. Yeah. You know, not grandma and grandpa, which, which is pretty, it's pretty cool. Yeah. But Mike, the little one, we're enjoying a lot right now because he, I can spend more time. I'm still working when the other ones were born. Yeah. You know, still working full time when the other ones were born. The other grandkids, but Cash is seven years younger than the next youngest grandkids. So. Always do that. Okay, that that yeah. that's that much. And that's that's his sister Sophia. Yeah. So, I this is the first kid or grandkid I've had this much time to give. Yeah. So I'm giving it. That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Um, good thing you hit that pole. Yeah. <laughs> it really is. It's yeah. as crazy as it sounds. Well, yeah. That's what do you call it? The hallmark, or that's kind of the midpoint of my life I guess it yeah everything is in every the whole family everything we talk about is before wreck or after wreck yeah. you know so we remember things yeah you know. it sure changed things that's for sure yeah, yeah. and uh, we got through that weekend just I don't know we actually it was HUD HUD stepped up and typed in all the Whitehall duels yeah 
Yeah, he came back. Like he, I did the Whitehall duels, and he did the Mining City duels. He covered all the Mining City duels by himself as part-time. He mm-hmm. stepped up and said, hey, we're... Which is a good thing, because I wasn't equipped to be in charge. <laughs> yeah, he... Uh, we had brought him back. I needed a part-timer. I can't remember what year it was, but we had a spot to fill. And they told me to go ahead and hire somebody to add to the sports staff. And HUD was working part-time on another job, night, which I didn't know about her, but uh, actually Matt Vincent said, maybe you want to give HUD a call. Yeah. I said, maybe I will, you know? Yeah. So I did. And we brought him back for, you know, how long was part-time? Four He's, or five years, maybe? Yeah, two years. He used to write his after-bay call because yeah. he had Hudson's Bay and then after-bay. And, you know, you not only bring a capable guy in, you know, yeah. somebody who's a proven writer and uh, who knows the the lay of the land, so yeah. to speak, knows what it's all about. But you got all that institutional knowledge right there yeah. that you're not going to get from a, you know, a teenage part timer. Yeah, and we had our best laughs because of HUD. <laughs> he was great. Yeah, he is. So yeah, funny. when he called, uh, we were trying to get back this back when you get box scores faxed to you. You know, they weren't online. Yeah. You get them faxed to you. And Tech was playing Westminster, and he called Westminster in Pennsylvania. Yes. And then woke up the AD. And then what do you say? Uh, so how'd you guys do today? Yeah. <laughs> I think that may have been the hardest I've ever seen you laugh. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Yeah, because yeah. it was like it's after eleven thirty here. I think when he called. So. Yeah, it was it was really late. So, so back there was probably close to two o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's been a great career, and hopefully another at least another ten years. Yeah, so so. I was at a I was at an Advantage Butte meeting talking to some guys one time, and I said, you know. I never played high school football. It's probably my number one regret because I never played high school football. And I said, and I still get the urge that I think I want to do it on the sidelines. So someday I'm going to be that crazy 90-year-old down there on the sidelines that's just going to make a play, and that's how I'm going to go out. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, on the sideline, you can make a tackle? I was sitting kind of across from Chad Peterson when I said that, Central AD. So now every time I see him at a football game, he's giving me a funny look like, like he's wondering if this is going to be the night. <laughs> this you know? is going to be the night. <laughs> Yeah. Well, Bruce, thanks for joining me. I appreciate you coming on and giving me an over an hour here. Oh, yeah, I don't mind talking about myself. So. I, I know you got to get back and uh, watch Cashy. Yeah, got kids to run. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, well, thanks a lot, Bruce, and, and I'm, I'm I'm glad you hit that pole. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> it's been fun. Yeah. Proud to be from you, America, USA.